perhaps it's at, at Christmas time when we notice it the most. It, in the days of Christmas, we have to make a choice about whether we'll be silent or vocal about our faith in Jesus. And it, and it comes in the form of a simple greeting. Maybe it's how you're, you're trying to decide how you want to end your, your email, or maybe you're trying to decide how you're going to say goodbye at the end of a workday. But at, at, in the days of Christmas, you have to make a choice. You can, you can make the choice to not greet someone with season's greetings at all. You can make the choice to say, Happy Holidays. And that's the safe choice, isn't it? Because you're not going to risk offending someone about your faith in Jesus. You can also make the choice during the Christmas season to say, Merry Christmas. And if you make that choice, you are making the choice to be vocal about your faith in Jesus, but also to risk offending coworkers and friends and the people around you you are faced with the same choice that Nicodemus was faced with repeatedly whether you will be a silent believer or a vocal believer but really the truth of the matter is that at all times of year you have the same choice and and all of us are on a range a range that is way over here that says you are a secret believer and not vocal about your faith at all over here on the other extreme end of the range you are vocal and public about your christian faith and and all of us are at different parts of our spiritual development but we're going to land on somewhere on that on that range my, my dad is on one end of that range i, I remember going to a supermarket when I was a little kid. And my dad, he's always talking he's about his faith. He's very public and vocal about it. And we were checking food out in the supermarket. And the cashier made a comment. And right there and then, my dad goes into a doxology about the goodness of God and how God has provided this wonderful feast in the form of cans and food. And I thought to myself, Dad, just... Just calm down a little bit. I'm so embarrassed. All of us land on this range that starts with being a silent believer that goes to all the way to the extreme of being a public, vocal believer in Christ. Where are you right now? Do people know that you're a Christian wherever you go about in New York City? When is the last time that you witnessed and shared your faith with a complete unbeliever? Would people guess that you are a Christian when you are faced with a choice, for example, at Christmas time, whether to greet someone with happy holidays, season's greetings, or Merry Christmas, what do you choose? On your Facebook profile. Do you put up Bible verses and proudly put down on your about section of Facebook Christian or Orthodox Lutheran, whatever you want to put up there? Are you a silent or a vocal Christian? 
During Lent, we're looking at, at different people, and so far we've looked at, at Judas, the opportunist. We've looked at Caiaphas, the schemer, and, and these have been spiritually uplifting people for us to look at, and they've been spiritually healthy for us to think about. And you can catch up on those sermons online, but this morning we are looking at Nicodemus, the silent believer. And we are going to look at, you can see it on page 9 in your bulletin, we're actually going to look at different sections from the Gospel of John. And as we look at those three sections, we're going to see every single time the name Nicodemus is mentioned in Scripture. And we're going to watch as God moves him. God's going to literally move him and develop him spiritually. He was a silent believer. He was at one extreme end of the range. And God's going to move him all the way over to the other end of the range where he becomes a very public and vocal believer. We're going to see his reasons for becoming a silent believer. We're going to see the cost of his being a silent believer. And there we're going to see how God, with the events in his life and in Jesus' life, moves him to being a very vocal believer. So I invite you to just begin that journey with us, and God's going to work in our hearts too. And I pray that he moves you from wherever you are on that range, from being less silent to being more vocal about your faith in our Savior Jesus. So let's meet Nicodemus, the silent believer. Look at, again, page 9 in the bulletin. We're going to read the first time Nicodemus is mentioned in Scripture. Here's what John writes. Now, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the miraculous signs you are doing if God were not with him. So, at this point in Nicodemus's spiritual life, he's on the extreme end of being silent about his faith in Jesus. He's still not, he still hasn't put on that hat that says, I love Jesus. It's not there yet. He's not wearing a t-shirt that says, I love Jesus. Not yet. In fact, he's secret and silent. So secret and silent that he sneaks out of his house. We don't know what time it was. Was it midnight? Was it 2 a.m.? He sneaks out of his house at night, probably wakes up a sleeping Jesus so that he can have a spiritual conversation with him. Nicodemus, at this point, he is not comfortable with going public. His new faith is still not strong enough. And can we blame Nicodemus for that? He must have reasoned to himself, if I go public, if I go vocal about Jesus, I will lose my job. I will lose my friends. I will lose my colleagues. I will lose my status. I will lose my wealth. I will lose my means for income. I will lose just about everything. And he really would have. 
the religious leaders had already made the threat. If you confess your faith in Jesus, you will lose all of this. You will be expelled from the synagogue. So, fear won the day. Fear controlled him. Fear, instead of a bold faith, forced him to to visit Jesus at night. Fear. I have seen now over the years countless Facebook posts that say that that try to answer the question 15 reasons why the church is not evangelistic as it used to be. But it all comes down to one simple thing. We Christians have not learned to deal with this emotion that we call fear. It controls us and it wins the day. And it makes us silent. In the days following the the Ferguson unrest, Ferguson, Missouri, Benjamin Watson, he was an NFL football player, he posted up on his Facebook page, a very moving, emotional, and also Christ-centered response to the racism and and prejudice and and the unrest that was happening in Ferguson, Missouri. If you haven't had a chance to read it, go ahead and Google it later. But what's interesting is CNN invited him to give an interview. And he, he talked a little bit about that post. And at the end of his interview, he begins to confess his faith in Jesus. And this is how it goes. You should watch this on YouTube. He begins to say, the only thing that can cure our society is my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And then all of a sudden, they cut him off. That was it. They cut him off. It was very unprofessional. And you, you should see the interviewer. She just said, oh, I guess we lost him. Oh, really? (laughs) Isn't it true that we all know what that feels like? When we share our faith and all of a sudden... (laughs) We don't like that feeling. It makes us feel bad. It, it, It makes us think that we will have changed relationships... If we, if we share our faith, that it will affect our means of income. It, we fear getting cut off, and so sometimes that fear, it controls us, and we become silent, just like Nicodemus. Let's look at the... We know exactly how he felt. So we meet this, this fearful, silent Nicodemus, again, just a few chapters later in the Gospel of John. And I want to read those verses for you. Now, and we're going to see Nicodemus takes a small step forward. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier, and who was one of their own number, asked, Does our law condemn anyone without first hearing him to find out what he is doing? They replied, Are you from Galilee too? Look into it. And you will find that a prophet does not come out of Galilee. You know what's interesting? Clearly, Nicodemus still hasn't gone public 
about his faith. Just a, a verse before this, he said, the, the soldiers returned after not capturing Jesus, and they said, has any of the rulers or the Pharisees believed in him? So still, still Nicodemus has not let them know that, hey, I'm thinking about what this Jesus is teaching. And then the Pharisees ridiculed the faith, the faith of these, these guards. And, but Nicodemus, he makes a teeny, tiny step forward in becoming vocal about his faith in Jesus. He doesn't defend Jesus outright, does he? He doesn't say, this man is the Messiah. But what he does do is he defends the law. He says, he defends the law and he says, at least this man deserves to be heard. But then when he's ridiculed, he shuts up. That's it. Period. The same situation happens again on Monday, Thursday. The whole Sanhedrin comes together. This time Jesus is in front of them. And what happens? Does Nicodemus speak up for him? He's silent. In fact, Mark says they all, we read this in our Passion reading for today, they all condemned him as worthy of death. And Nicodemus was probably there. What's the best thing that we can say about Nicodemus? At best, we could say he passively allowed Jesus to be condemned to death. At worst, we could say that he participated in Jesus' suffering and death. Do you see what the cost of the silence of Nicodemus was? What was the cost? The very condemnation of Jesus. And couldn't we say, what is the cost of our silence about our faith in Jesus? It's exactly the same. The condemnation of Jesus in the arena of public opinion. We allow Jesus to be condemned to death when we are silent. Let's fast forward again and read how God changes Nicodemus. When we meet him again, Nicodemus is a completely changed man. This is from John chapter 19, verse 39. He was accompanied by Nicodemus, the man who earlier had visited Jesus at night. Nicodemus brought a mixture of myrrh and aloes about 75 pounds. So here, this is what we have. We have two leaders who were probably there, who allowed Jesus to be condemned to death, and now suddenly, Jesus has died, and they go public. Mark even says in his gospel, they boldly went to Pilate, and they asked for Jesus' body. Why is this a bold move? It's because by asking for the body of Jesus, they were saying, we sympathize with him. We know that everyone is going to find out that we asked for the body of Jesus, but we don't care. We're going to lose our jobs, our income. We're going to lose our status. We're going to get kicked out of the synagogue. But we don't care. Fear does not control us anymore. And Nicodemus' statement of faith here, although not with words, with actions he confessed his faith, John gives us an explicit number 
of myrrh and aloes, 75 pounds. Think about that. A dog of, a bag of dog food, 50 pounds. That thing is heavy, isn't it? 75 pounds of myrrh and aloes. He was saying, I love this man. I respect him so much that I'm going to give him the burial of a king. That's what Nicodemus was saying. God had moved Nicodemus in this series of lessons. We can see it. From being a silent believer all the way to being a vocal, public believer in Jesus. And you know what history tells us? All those fears that Nicodemus had actually came true. He lost his job. He was expelled from the synagogue. He became poor. And later, he died a martyr's death. But he didn't care anymore. Why? What had allowed him to overcome his faith? It's because God led Nicodemus to the foot of the cross. That's where everything changed for him. Nicodemus stood at the foot of the cross and he watched. He watched Jesus suffer for his sins. And what a death it was! He watched how forgiving Jesus was when Jesus said from the cross, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. He watched as the centurion proclaimed about him, Surely this was the Son of God. He heard about the temple curtain being torn in two. He felt the earth shake when he died. He heard Jesus say, mutter from the cross, it is finished. He saw the cost. He saw the pain. He saw the suffering. And he could no longer keep silent. And neither can we. We can no longer keep silent. You know, my prayer this morning is that God is moving you and that He's moving you from being silent about your Jesus to being public and vocal. No, not in a preachy or in a judgmental kind of way, but to go public and go vocal. And I'm going to leave it up to you, and you can discuss this in your small groups later today or later this week. But I really want you to think about this. How do you want to go public and vocal about your faith? Do you want to start posting on Facebook about your faith? Add it to your profile. Do you want to maybe put up a crucifix in your office cubicle? Maybe start signing your emails with a Bible verse at the bottom of it. Imagine that. Maybe you need to think about sharing your faith at work. Discuss it in your small groups. But when you consider and when, when you feel that fear rising up in your heart, I want you to do this. Consider all that it cost him. Consider the love in his heart for you. Consider all that he suffered and won for you that day. And you will no longer be able to keep silent. Amen.